Welcome to Commander Paradise, where today we're going to go over the top cards from 2022. Yes. Yes. It's been a whole year since we did it once, and yes, we're going to do it again. We're shills. It's actually less than a year because we're bad at releasing. Uh, we uh, actually released it like in March of 2021. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 2022. <laughs> so we're actually on time this time. We've actually grown up. We're adult podcasters now. We're doing it in advance. So you guys can get it in February. Maybe. Hopefully. But we're going to go over uh, some of the cards that we liked from this whole year. Tyler and I were talking about it today and looking back on it. I was like kind of shocked that... Kamigawa came out this year with all the other products that we've gotten. It's felt like way longer than a year. Yeah, I looked at, we're looking at Scryfall and I sorted by Commander Legal cards that were not reprints. Um, so excluding like 200 cards from Infinity, it's still 1,994 cards came out this year. Yeah, almost 2,000 new cards for Commander. And we're going to talk about like 20 of them. So Yeah, if that... And that's because these are the best, undeniably. Yeah, uh, these are the only good cards you're allowed to run in your deck from this year. All the other ones have to go. Sorry. What should we start at? Um, should we, woo, woo, should we, we went in reverse Wooburg order last year. I think we should probably go Wooburg order Yeah, we should year. just uh, Wooburg it up. Well, let's go then. What you got for white? Um, okay, so if I'm up first, I have kind of two cards. Um, I'll just do one. I'm going to do... Rumor Gatherer. Oh, the Dude Fall King. Yes. It's a three mana, one white, white. Um, elf Wizard, 2-1 with Alliance. Alliance was the Dude Fall. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, scry one. If this is the second time this ability resolve this turn, draw a card instead. Um, which is pretty sweet. In white, you're always making tokens or going wide, you know? So, and this triggers on every creature, not non-token or anything. So, like, I run it in my God Eternal Oketra deck. And so I cast a creature. When I cast that creature, I make a 4-4 zombie. And so that zombie enters, I scry one. Then the creature I cast enters, and then I draw a card. And then any after that is just more scries. Um, it's just very, very good card draw. It's like a white Beast Whisperer. It's not as good as Beast Whisperer, but that's fine. It's still good enough. Yeah, and a lot of the, um, when you have enchantments or creatures that um, that make um, creatures at like an end step, it triggers off all of that too. So as you go around the table, if you make a creature at like every end step or something like that, you're going to get that scry off of that as well, which ends up being, I feel like ends up happening more than people would expect. I feel like people have rumor gatherer triggers on like every turn. Yeah, and the art's amazing. It's like this elf lady and like this weird zoo with like a bunch of mini Creatures. There's like a little elephant and like a little cow and a mini giraffe. Oh, I. Oh yeah. I always. Tyler and I are in the same room for the first time doing this too. So if you if we sound like we're moving around, it's probably because we're showing each other card art. Um, but yeah, it's crazy because they're all little. They're like at her ankles. Yeah, they're little little babies. Dude, dude, fall for little guys. Yes. Yeah, I think that's great, and I think that's like kind of the fun. Stuff where it's not, like, necessarily a power creep. It's just fun value. It's not, like, directly printing stuff that solves a problem that people are complaining about. Yeah, and it's, like, cre it's card draw on a creature for your creature deck, which is where you want to be. because That's how you, like, synchronize and make your deck better. And stuff. Synergize. Exactly. Yeah, it's very hype. What you got for white? Well, I've got one throwing it all the way back to the beginning of the year. We got Lion Sash. 
It's one in a white artifact creature equipment cat. The most important part of it. And it's a one, one and it has pay one white exile target card from a graveyard. If it was a permanent card, put a one, one counter on lion sash equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each plus one, plus one counter on lion sash. And it has reconfigure two. One, I think reconfigure is just a, a lot of fun. Um, it feels very like cyberpunky. But that one white exile card from a graveyard is just like the ultimate graveyard hate on uh, like a body. It's so easy. And the fact that if you're hitting a permanent card, you get a plus one counter. A lot of the times, this is also just a good mana sink. Like right before your turn, you have like three white mana up because you couldn't really do anything else with it. Just exile some lands out of someone's graveyard and you just make it bigger. I think it's a lot of fun. And especially if it's reconfigured to something and someone tries to remove it, they have to remove the creature first, so it still sticks around. Yeah, it just fits a lot of different decks and a lot of different archetypes, like, because it's a cat. So there's some cat tribal decks. Like, I have a Rin and Siri deck. It went right into there. It's an equipment, and it's an artifact, so it goes in both of those decks. Um, and that it's graveyard hate. Like, it's literally the it's the same text as Scavenging Ooze, which is in green, but it's also an equipment. Yeah. Um, which is nuts that it does all that. Yeah, because then or you two get all mana, that. Right, it's a two mana two two or two mana one one. Two mana one one, yeah. Yeah. So and it's it's fun because you just can even toss it out early and it's pretty unsuspecting. People might not bash it right away. So yeah. it's graveyard yeah, it's hate fun. in your like your Voltron deck is graveyard hate in your cat deck. It's graveyard hate in your artifact deck. It's very good and versatile. It's crazy. Well, what you got for the W or not the W? What's new? What you got for the U? Uh, for blue, um, I got an offer you can't refuse. One of the best sassy new counter spells. It's one blue instant counter target non-creature spell. Its controller makes two treasure tokens. It's just a great rate. Like it's counter target non-creature spell. That's great. That's the majority of spells are non-creature spells. Uh, it's just one blue mana. I mean, that's as cheap as you can get without getting into like the busted card territory. I think it's better than Swansong. Like, Swansong has done this role before, but Swansong is just instant sorcery and enchantment spells. This adds Planeswalkers and Artifacts onto it as well. Swansong um, gives them a 2-2 blur bird with flying. This gives them two treasures. The two treasures is probably worse to give your, to your opponent than a 2-2 bird, but I think it's worth it just to be able to counter any non-creature spell for one mana is crazy. And, like, just make sure you're countering something that, like, two treasures is worth. I would definitely agree. I think it's great, especially the one mana just makes it really easy to hold up. And yeah, two treasures is going to be a lot less to give someone than a 2-2 two -two bird. Because if you give someone a 2-2 two -two bird, then that's a body that they can start beating down on you or they can sacrifice it or they could, you know, polymorph it. There's any number of things you could do with it. But with like two extra treasure, I mean, you might be able to play a big spell, but I mean, people are running treasure shit all the time anyway. So it's not like it really matters that much. Yeah. It's kind of like Chaos Warp, where people complain. It's like, well, what if they get something better off the top? It's like, they don't Chaos Warp something that they could get that something could be better than, you know? Like, yeah. That's why Chaos Warp is there. You give them the offer that they can't refuse because you're taking away, like, their best thing, and they have to take something less, yeah. effectively. Or even if it's, like, protecting, like, your own piece or something, you know? Like, nothing gets cheaper than that. Yeah. And then that's worth two treasure, I think. It's like, you're protecting your commander or... A combo piece, maybe, or just, I don't know. It's kind of like Arcane Denial, where, like, yeah, you give them two cards, but also you counter their spell for cheap, so. Yeah, because, I mean. Kind of worth it. You kind of think about when you're casting Arcane Denial, that person's normally about to win the game. 
or they're about to wipe the board when you're about to win the game. It's always a scenario where you're forced to do it towards the end of the game. You're stopping them with their like best thing. So chances of them drawing two cards or having two treasure is not really going to affect the rest of the game that much. Absolutely. Yeah, there we go. We got there. But yeah, that's my blue card for 2022. What did you pick? For blue, I had Aether Channeler, which is two and a blue, human wizard. And when Aether Channeler enters the battlefield, you can choose one, which is either create a 1-1 one, one white bird creature with flying, return another target non-land permanent to its owner's hand, or draw a card. And it's a 2-1, which I think a 2-1 body is pretty solid. But I just kind of like the the Callous Blood Mage vibe. I like the art. Um, and especially in like a deck like Braga, that's anything that has, which is two and a blue, human wizard, and when Aether Channeler enters the battlefield, you can choose one, which is either create a 1-1 white bird creature with flying, return another target non-land permanent to its owner's hand, or draw a card. And it's a 2-1, which I think a 2-1 body is pretty solid. But I just kind of like the the Callous Blood Mage vibe. I like the art, <clears throat> and especially in like a deck like Braga, that's anything that has modal ETBs is just even more value. So like I could easily just bounce problems. I could just draw a bunch of cards, or I, if I needed to, I could make a bunch of birds. Because there's anthems that give stuff with flying, plus one, plus one and stuff. So just kind of a, an awesome utility card. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's like kind of like the sequel to Callous Blood Mage from Strixhaven, which was a three mana ETB that did like three options. It was like draw a card, lose a life, exile someone's graveyard. And make a pest. Make a pest. Yeah. Um, and this does very similar things. Um, draw a card, make a one, one and do something in the color. So return another non-link permanent to its other. And even the art is incredibly similar because they're both like center frame doing some kind of action. So it's, it's, I think it's kind of fun that there's like a little cycle of it coming out that's not all in like one set. It's just yeah. kind of whenever they feel like it in a set. Yeah, I would love ones for all the colors. That'd be pretty cool because like a uh, like red where it's like instead of draw a card, it'd be like exile the top card of your library, play it till your next turn. Yeah. Something like that. And then like make a goblin. And destroy an artifact. Destroy an artifact. Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. Green could be... be- Green would be like make 14 treasure and like draw six cards or something so dumb because it's green. Yeah. In all reality, it could probably be like make a Saporling, a Saperling, uh, what, make a Saperling, destroy an enchantment and maybe like gain three life. Or I like go get a land put in your hand, maybe. Oh, yeah. Just, put it in your hand. Basic in your hand. Yeah. Be interesting. That'd be their draw a card. That's true, too. Yeah. All of them are like three mana though. So yep. when I, I hit the area of three mana and I'm thinking about putting just a land into my hand, I don't want to do that as much. So what we got next? Is it black? Yeah, for black we got, for black, I'm picking uh, black market connections. Um, I don't know if you've seen this card in action yet, but it's frankly ridiculous. It's a three mana enchantment. It's kind of like if Phyrexia Arena was like actually a good card. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, choose one or more. Create a treasure token, and you lose one life. Draw a card, you lose two life. And create a 3-2 colorless shapeshifter creature token with changeling, you lose three life. But you can do all these things. And it's just, like, free. So it's, like, free mana, free card, and a free creature. A 3-2 creature. That is all creature types. So if you're in, like, a black tribal deck that just makes another one of your tribe for free on top of drawing cards and making treasures... And then, I don't know, you got 40 life. Just let it rip over and over. And then just kind of playing around it. Make sure you have some way to gain life in your deck. Like I have an Ayara deck that 
uh, I gained a lot of life in that deck just by playing the deck. So, like, I could definitely just dump my life into this and get value every turn, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what, Sylvan Library is four life for a card, right? Yeah, people so this like is, jam that. People yeah, just drop eight life every turn to draw cards, you know? Yeah, like, and this is six life to do more. You draw a card, get a treasure, and a body, which in black, if you're running Aristocrats, why would you not want a free body? Yeah, that's, yeah. It's a blocker. It's sacrifice fodder. Yeah, that's a, a, that's a colorless lane. dude that you can throw in an oven, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's... There's a lot more that you can do with this than a lot of the draw enchantments. And it's like you were talking about Phyrexian Arena. It's just like a modern Phyrexian Arena. Because when that came out, that's like drawing an extra card in your turn. Whoa. That's the bee's knees. Yeah, that's that was, awesome. That was like a $20 card for a long time. And then this is just that, but like way better. Yeah, and this is sitting around 30 bucks. Yeah, so. it's 30 bucks, but it's in the party pre-con from Baldur's Gate. And that you can get that pre-con for 40 bucks. So just buy the pre-con and then you can get a Black Market Connections and then 99 other cards. Yeah, and that pre-con does rip. Uh, I've seen Tyler play it a number of times, and it's always a good time. Yeah, um, it's it's fun. Um, it also comes with Dwar or um, Deep Gnome Terramancer, which is a pretty good yeah, white that card's crazy. ramp thing. Comes with a Mutavolt. That's like a $10 card played in a lot of formats. But yeah, mine is Black Market Connections. Crazy card. What, uh, what do you got for me, Ryan? What is your black card? Uh, one last note about that. If you don't want to buy the pre-con, also just fucking print it. Yeah, printer uh, at the library is like $2. Yeah, that is basically free. It's like $4 to print a whole deck. So if you have it, I don't give shits. So. But my B card is Braid's Nightmare, Arisen Nightmare, excuse me. Braid's Arisen Nightmare. It's one and two black. A legendary creature nightmare, and it's a 3-3 that reads, at the beginning of your end step, you may sacrifice an artifact, creature, enchantment, land, or planeswalker. If you do, each opponent may sacrifice a permanent that shares a card type with it. For each opponent who doesn't, that player loses two life and you draw a card. I think this is an awesome card. It's going to be able to, it hits like everything, even if you can't hit it in black. So like one time my Yawgmoth deck died to Tyler's, I almost said Stadium Arcadium, Strixhaven Stadium. And I just had like no way to to, to 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 what to do with it. You know what I mean? I don't want to play Meteor Golem. That's weird. And how do I get rid of it? Yeah, I use Braids. I sacrifice just some random blood token or treasure token or something like that. Um, and yeah, I hopefully have the option to make everyone sacrifice it. You know what I mean? And if not, I draw cards, which gets me closer to player removal. And this is also, it's it's fun too because it's a little bit brutal because you can go for land. So if at some point it's just a slog and you really wanted to, you could just start sacking lands if you're ahead on lands from the person in front of you and just slowly kind of grind them out and draw cards that way too. Or if you wanted a guarantee draw, I guess, you could just choose lands every time because most people probably wouldn't sack a land. Yeah. So you just sack a swamp each turn. You have a Cabal Coffers and you Urborg out so your mana's not really destroyed either way. And just kind of plow through your deck. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but Braids Arisen Nightmare is mine for black, and also because it fits really well in the Rakdos Sack uh, Pioneer deck, so. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, it's, hate pretty, that it's pretty awesome. It's so annoying. <laughs> um, But yeah, so, I mean, black is black. It's had a big year. Everyone's running the black shell, and people are all talking about how good black is, but. Yeah, it's a great color. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the cute. best color. It's the most fun. Yeah, I'm coming around more that it's just kind of the most fun color because it does kind of just does everything. 
it does everything and, and you got to play the part. It's fun to play the villain. Yeah. But what's up? I think we got red next. Yeah, let me pull this one up. This this card's got a lot of text. That's a, the theme of the year is that every card's a novel. That is true. And I already had a hard enough time reading. Okay, so we got for this one, it is a really weird one from uh, New Capenna Commander, but it's very fun in actual gameplay. It's Life of the Party, a four mana, zero one elemental, uh, first strike, trample, and haste. Whenever Life of the Party attacks, it gets plus X plus O until in a turn where X is the number of creatures you control. But when it enters the battlefield, if it's not a token, each opponent creates a token that's a copy of it. The tokens are goaded for the rest of the game. So now everyone has a life of the party, and none of them can swing at you, and they all have first strike, trample, and haste. And so they're all, like, it, normally at least like a 3-3 three, three first strike, trample, and haste that can't swing at you. And that's just kind of like the minimum. Normally it's, it, like, it, people run tons of creatures nowadays, or token decks, like all kinds of stuff. So it's just kind of crazy. Yeah, this card is... Like, uh, I feel like people talk about card fatigue and w too many words being on cards and stuff a lot. Um, but genuinely, this was one that overwhelmed me so much when I first drew it in a deck that I didn't play it. Because I was like, I, I literally don't know if I can handle this with everything else that's going on right now. And it took forever for me to play it. And I think I watched you play it in a game. And after that, I've been super on board ever since because it gives one to everybody. It gets buffed by however many creatures you have. And yeah, like you said, it's normally like the worst it's going to be is like a, what, a 2-1? A if you just have one other creature out. Yeah. Um, but even that, a 2-1 first strike is great. You it's know what something I mean? like, that is not swinging at you, that's swinging at your opponents, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then if someone's just running like a white weenies deck, oops, this is like a 12-1 first strike trample haste. Swinging like, at someone else. Yeah, and you. it always has to swing. It's fun when you go to combat and everyone's like, I have my life of the party swings at you. And, mm -hmm. and everyone freaks out and has to figure out how to handle all these like gigantic dudes that just fell on the board and can swing the same turn they came out. Yep. And the creature type is cool. It's an elemental. There are some rogue elemental decks out there, so that's kind of a cool creature type. Yeah. And then... I ca I played it in my Olivia Crimson Bride deck, so it's like a like a reanimator deck, and I brought it back like twice. So there's like two or three on each like ev everyone else's board, and I just had the one. Oh no, yeah, that's good. It was it was a lot. So it's kind of a <laughs> it's kind of a messy card. Like it, there's a lot to like maybe not great for spell table because like and then everyone has to make the token and stuff. But if you're like we did it in person, it was fine. Maybe it'd be fine on spell table. Yeah, I think it's it's fine on spell table too. It's just like kind of you just have to slow down for a second and read the card. You know what I mean? Sometimes we'd be playing really fast, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if we'll have time to like slow it down and figure this out real fast. But it's very it's pretty easy once you figure it out. Um, because like now you could just play this card and I just toss a random card on the field and be like, that's my life of the party. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it's a lot of fun and. uh I think just goad stuff in general, stuff that like has to swing and can't swing at whoever's responsible for it is is pretty fun. Um, and mostly just because it moves the game along, you know, whether you're playing combos or you're playing Star Destroyer or whatever, you know what I mean? It's just fun to swing and bash face for a little bit. Yep, it's a fun one. What's your red card for the year? I got Professional Face Breaker from Streets of New Capenna. Um, it's two and a red with Menace, and it's a human warrior 
Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, create a treasure token, and then sacrifice a treasure, exile the top card of your library, you may play that card this turn. I think just in terms of like the, it's fun because you're bashing people. It's got menace, so it's easy. It's easy for that specific creature to get in and swing. But anytime you're dealing combat damage to a player, you're making a treasure token. It's only one, so it's not like ludicrously busted or anything like that, like uh, the ancient copper dragon kind of thing. So it's fair. You're just making a treasure. But then the thing is, like, you hit turn six, seven in the game, and you're like, maybe you're running out of cards. You got swamped with mana or like any number of things and you have these extra treasures sitting around all of a sudden you can just sack like five of them and get access to five cards you didn't have before and what's either going to happen is the card that you need is in there and you can cast it or it's five cards just off the top that are gone that you just don't have to like worry about drawing over the next five turns so i think it's just a solid utility card yeah it's sweet um Lots of treasure on just kind of everything nowadays. Like every color gets treasure. White has Smothering Tithe. Red and black has a ton with like Prosper makes treasures. Um, Green has treasure now. All kind of random decks. And there's like some commanders that make it. Like I run it in my Malcolm Wild Smasher treasure deck. That's like a mix of Pirate Tribal and then just kind of treasure synergies. And it's good because it's card advantage. It makes more treasures. Um, Malcolm wants pirates to be doing combat damage anyway so it's just like an extra way uh, but what you got for green uh for green i got a pretty sick card it's called tamio's safekeeping from kamikawa neon dynasty it's a green uh instant target creature gets permanent permanent you control gains hex proof and indestructible until in a turn you gain two life for one green mana it's nuts i've been blown out by it like several times um where I'm trying to kill something that's about to kill me or that's about to win the game against me. And they just have it. They have the safekeeping and then it has hexproof and indestructible. And now you can't do anything about it. And then they kill me or they just win the game with a combo piece or something. And it's permanent. It's any permanent. Yeah, which is really, really sick. You can cover up enchantments or artifacts with that too. Yeah. Or even a land if you had to. Yeah. like Like anything. Anything. Yeah. It's very awesome. Um, and also, like, gain two life is not always something to sneeze at. You know what I mean? If you're yep. able to just gain two life right as they're swinging at you, that might just be enough to also keep you safe. Yeah, sometimes, like, the extra one to two life is the reason you're still in the game or not in the game, you know? Yeah, this is a great card. It's ridiculous. It's just the best this effect has ever been. Like, we've seen, like, Snakes Can Veil. Yeah, that's what I got. It's nice. a great card. Everyone should run it. People... I've seen people say that like they it's like eh, I don't know if you should run like single spot protection, but I mean it's like people run counter spells. I mean also counter spells like counter other people's spells. Yeah, but like I I don't know the main reason I run counter spells is to protect my shit. Yeah, for the most part. I don't know that doesn't make I don't know because at that point it's like why play single one of anything. Yeah, why play single. Creature of a removal when you could just play a mass removal spell. Mm-hmm. Why remove a single land when you could Armageddon? Why do the minimum of something when you could just go balls to the wall maximum? Because yeah, <laughs> you, you, know? you gotta have both people. You gotta have yeah. You gotta have balance. The yin and yang. You gotta have the team of safekeeping and the heroic intervention both in your deck. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't have both. It's yeah. good. It's good. Well, heroic is like twenty dollars again. 
Oh no! And Tamiya's safekeeping is like fifty cents. So yeah. I don't know. Eighty-one cents. And most of the time, you got like one important thing. You know, like you got a bunch of stuff that people don't care about. You got manadors. You got yeah. manarocks. Like you don't need to protect all those. You need to protect the one big dumb thing that you played. And now you can do it for one mana. You're telling me you really need to protect that citizen token that much? Uh, you don't actually. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You no can one let the cares citizen about die. your citizen token. They care about your jet mirror. Yeah. The, now you can protect your jet. But let's get into something else. Yeah, this card's dumb. More <laughs> despicable. Um, my green card was Defiler of Vigor. It's three and two green for a Phyrexian Olam. It has Trample, and it's a 6-6. Six, six, and it says, in addition to cost green permanent spells, you may pay two life. Those spells cost one green less if you paid life this way. This effect reduces only the amount of green mana you pay. And then it says, whenever you cast a green permanent spell, put a plus one, plus one on counter on each creature you control. What? Insane. Yeah. Insane. This lets you dump a hand of one drops onto the battlefield and make them all like five fives. Well, it's permanent too. It's also like your enchantments. Yeah, it's anything. But um, like if you just had a bunch of one mana like creatures in your hand, like Atlanta War Elves, free Atlanta War Elves. Yep. It, with counters. It it makes your whole board go Huge. insane so and so fast. Like especially like don't toss this out on curve because it's it might not necessarily be useful. But when you hit this on turn like eight and you toss it out and you can just start spilling your hand on the board, things get big so fast. And it, it has trample baked into it. Yeah, it's already a yeah. six six, and it's a five mana six six trample. What yeah. is that? That body is, is already is, crazy. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's dumb as shit. I didn't even really think about that until you said it, and that is ridiculous. Five mana six six trample. Five mana six six trample. Say it again. Five mana six six trample. That's hell yeah. I'm so happy. But uh, yeah, it. it, 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 it it goes without saying, it's ridiculous. And the art is so fucking hard. Oh, yeah, it looks <laughs> scary. It's got, like, purple eyes, and it's like a worm that's an engine. Yeah. It's sick as hell. And it's, like, $4 right now. It's, like, not even expensive. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, if, yeah, it's I need bucks. to get one. It's also a worm, which is cool for Baru Worm Speaker. We were talking mm. about that before the episode, that someone in our group needs to build that because it seems cool. And he's a worm, and all your worms are green permanents. So you're putting counters on all your worms. And worms are always like six sixes. So every time you play a worm, and then, seven, seven, eight, eight, nine, nine. And they all mostly have trample too. Yeah. Or Baru gives them trample. So they all have trample. Yeah. I'm, I might make it. I don't, I don't think I have a mono green deck yet. I might Oh, do you it. should. It'll be sick. And it's got to be cheap because Crawl Worm is like, like all the worms are just like big, stupid, like either bulk rares or like commons you know just like yeah. your, your vanilla five five that's the thing with reach or something you they're know? like bears but big yeah i'm gonna do it i have the next three days off from work i think i might make this deck i heard you wouldn't <laughs> so we're moving out of the wooberg and into kind of just some general categories from over the course of the year um we want to start with like our favorite multicolor cards from the year yeah go for it ryan okay well my favorite out of this year is ratadragabic of Urborg. Now let me pull them up real fast. Another card that's just a novel for no reason. Not for no reason. This card is so sick. Um, he's a two in Orzov legendary zombie wizard with vigilance in ward two, and he's a three three. So already not bad stats on a body. All other zombies you control have vigilance. Okay, that's pretty solid. 
Whenever another legendary creature you control dies, create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's not legendary and it's a 2-2 black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. Ooh, man. The Mardu Legends deck is so hungry, is so happy. I mean, that is just so sick because then it just lends itself to aristocrat stuff so well you don't have to be worried about losing any part of your big board because it's going to come right back. And it, this has ward too, so baked into it, if someone wants to single target remove this, they have to add two extra mana to it, which is like such a pain. Two is such a tax. Yeah, it's a lot. But yeah, I think this card uh, goes pretty ballistic. You could build it like any number of ways or just have like in my Mardu deck, it's just in the 99 and anytime something dies, I just get it right back. Yep. And half the time I'm sacking it to something to do something else. So I don't even care. Like it's awesome. Yeah, it's a mess. And it's the a, art is card. sick. It's very uh, reminiscent of the ghosts from Lord of the Rings a little bit with the the green ghost behind yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The... Um they might be Numenorians, something like that. Don't slander them on air. If you don't know, don't say. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What's your multicolored card of the year? Um, it is Spirit Sisters Call. We both picked Orzov cards. Hey, Orzov's fun. It is fun. I don't have an Orzov deck anymore. I need to get one. I actually don't think I do either. I had a, a Silver Quill, the Shadrick Silver Quill for a little bit. I broke that down. I turned it into a clerics deck that I never played. And then I broke that deck down. <laughs> yeah, I had the Orzov party precon and I just wasn't a huge fan with the gameplay. A lot of people really like it. It's definitely good, but just it wasn't doing it for me. And I needed sleeves. So it became something else. Oh, it became a uh, real surreal kingpin. Oh, nice. That's and, a fun one. And that deck is insane. But, um, so anyway, Spirit Sisters Call is a five mana, um, three white and a black enchantment. It says, at the beginning of your instep, choose target permanent card in your graveyard. You may sacrifice a permanent that shares a card type with the chosen card. If you do, return the chosen card from your graveyard to the battlefield and it gains this permanent. If this permanent would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. The art on this card goes so fucking hard. Yeah, the art's amazing. Yeah. That's part of why I like it. It's got this weird spirit thing, dragon-looking thing. It just seems nuts. I've seen gameplay with it. I've not tried it personally yet, but it's just so cool. It's just a big thing, and it just lets you, like, loop stuff from your deck. Like, just sacrifice something with a dice trigger to bring something with an ETB trigger, and then you just do it again and again. Permanent, so you can bring like sacrifice enchantments to get like a different enchantment if you're in an Orzov enchantment deck somehow. I don't know what that would look like, but you could sacrifice something important or not important to get back your important thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I feel like creatures just works really well because you're always sacrificing creatures anyway. So sacrifice your reassembling skeleton to bring back something much bigger. And then you can just bring your reassembling skeleton back from your graveyard anyway and just do it again with something else. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that can like just easily recur your bigger stuff like that is nice. And being able to get anything from like, uh, I mean, you could get a land, couldn't you? Yeah, you yeah, can you get can even back. get a land back. Yeah, it's so like sack it's a, sack a swamp to get a cabal coffers back. Yeah, I mean, I always use that example, but I like when I'm playing my black deck. That's how. That's how that's a major advantage of it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, and it says that your instep, which is cool. A lot of 
enchantments with like big effects, say your upkeep. So you have to make it like an extra three turns before you even get to use it. This is you play it and then at your end step, you're getting something back. Yeah, I feel like they've started doing that, especially this year a little bit more, just because Commander. Yeah, with the is, Commander it's focus. easier to do yeah. that. Yeah, it's like at your in sixty card formats is kind of more fair. Yeah, um, absolutely. Where it's like at your upkeep, it's like well, they get a whole turn to deal with what you played. But now, like in multiplayer formats, like there's three players, one of them should have removal up or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's also just like I mean, it, effectively, if you're thinking about it, your opponent's drawing. F- three cards per turn instead of one card per turn to deal with the thing that you put out. Yeah. And they have like triple the, like if you were to distill like you all, everyone you're playing against into a single opponent in terms of getting back to your upkeep, they have like triple the resources, triple the card draw. Like, of course they're going to get to something that'll get rid of it. But yeah, it's a cool card. Yeah. It's I'm going to build something for it. I'm working on a, an, uh, an Abzan graveyard deck. Green, white, black graveyard deck. That would, yeah, that would go so hard. Now. With um, Carador, Ghost Chieftain. Okay, hell yeah. I have an Abzan life gain deck, and I don't know, it's really clunky and takes forever to do anything. And then I have Alesha as a Mardu graveyard deck. So we might be tearing stuff apart here soon and doing some rearranging. The great end of the year teardown. I know, yeah. As prophesized. It seems fun. I don't know if I'm going to take all my decks apart, but a couple of them I think are going to go. Yeah. Because I just never play them. That's, I'm definitely not taking them all apart, but I'm definitely, I might tear down my Bant deck. I might tear down, I've, I'm in the process of tearing down my Golgari deck. Not necessarily to turn it into something new, but it, it definitely needs revamped because it hasn't had like a pull apart since it was bought as a pre-con. So. Yeah. But yeah, I think... I think I'm I'm definitely going to build worms. I think that's going to be my weekend idea. Yeah, now it's on my brain. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be crazy. It's a good deck. Yeah, once we get the two decks together, we'll let you all know how it goes. Maybe we could film it or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But do you want to move on to, do you want to do our favorite cycle of the year? Sure. Okay. Do you want to go first? You want me to go? Uh, I'll go. My favorite cycle is the dragons from Kamigawa, the big dragon spirits, um, like Junji. Is the black one, and they all have uh, a dies trigger. Um, so when they die, uh, you can pick two or pick one of two things, and they're all cool. The red one, like I think, makes treasures and deals damage. The black one reanimates a creature with mana value four or with five or less, something like that. And then the white one is like a whole CEDH deck now. Like, is it really? Yeah, there's like AO like CEDH decks, and they're sick. That's sick. Because it's just like it vomits like permanents onto the battlefield. Like mana value three or less permanents. So you're just sacking it. And then well, you get like a, it's just like a Nim death mantle combo deck at the end of the day. Like a lot of decks are. But um, <laughs> it's cool because it's a big mono white dragon, you know? Yeah. That's like it dies. You bring stuff out and then eventually you loop. You just keep bringing it back and you're you get your whole deck out and then you win with some sort of combo. I forget what the combo is. Uh, I watched it on like play to win that whole episode. about it. Nice. Yeah. Cause it's what, look at the top seven cards of your library. That's like so much value. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I think they, yeah. Yeah. I feel like they were maybe like mildly underrated when they first came out and now they're slowly starting to like find their home in each, each spot. Cause I think they're cool. It's just for like a minute. I didn't, I didn't know where they'd sit. You know what I mean? But all the art form is awesome. Yeah, at Sushi, the Blazing Sky, when it dies, exile the top two cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play those cards and create treasure tokens. Create three treasure tokens. 
And then the green one, like it dies, you can go get like three lands and put them in your hand. I don't think it's basic. It's just lands, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, which is like crazy. But yeah, Kura, Boundless Sky. When it dies, search your library up for up to three land cards, reveal them, put them in your hand, or create an XX green spirit creature token where X is the number of lands you control. Pretty good. Junji gets... Each opponent discards two cards and loses two life. That's right. But it's put target non-dragon creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. A graveyard. Yeah. Crazy. That's big. And you lose two life. So it's just like reanimate. Non-dragon. So it can't reanimate itself. Um, which is fine. That'd be weird. Yeah, it needs like catch. Carry the swirling sky. That's the blue one. It says return any number of target non-land permanents with total mana, mana value six or less to their owner's hands. And mill six cards and return up to two instant and or sorceries from your graveyard to your hand, which is cool because you're trying to do self mill. It's good. Yeah. And then it's a six, six flying ward three. So it's just like a big flyer, which is always nice. So they're pretty cool. Yeah. They were all decent sized bodies. Yeah. They're all big, like five, five flyers, five, five, Vidge, five, five menace, uh, trample. The green one has death touch. Yeah, they're they're, they're a good set. I also really, I think I said this already, but I love the art. Yeah. I think the art on them is so cool. The art in that set was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Overall, that was a, just a home run. It was great. What you got? What was your favorite cycle of cards? My favorite cycle was also dragons, but the dragons from uh, Baldur's Gate, the commander set. And I picked these like purely because I think just the amount of value they provide is so beyond fucking ridiculous that it's kind of fun, and to me, it feels very Commander. You know what I mean? Like, the whole point of Commander should be, like, play something big and do something dumb and crazy, you know what I mean? Do I necessarily like that the Copper Dragon makes D uh, D20s worth of treasure? Not necessarily. I feel like that could have probably been something a little bit more to scale with everything else. But I feel like some of the uh, the rest of them are all pretty fun. Um, and either way, they all have the ability to totally flop. You know what I mean? Like, you could roll a two... Uh-huh. It's like whatever, but I, I like that the uh, the possibility is there that you could draw twenty cards, you could make twenty tokens, what you could reanimate something with, or up to twenty, 20 inverted mana cost. cost. Yeah, it's a weird way of saying it, but up to twenty CMC out of your graveyard, or put twenty counters on something, or make twenty treasure token. You know what I mean? I will say I've <clears> tried Ancient Brass Dragon twice now. Just kind of in a generic deck. It's not. A, it wasn't a graveyard deck. It's just kind of. It's in the real surreal deck, which is all about dealing combat damage with like dudes. So I put that in there because it's a deal combat damage trigger. And like every time, there's been like nothing in my opponent's graveyards. It's been weird. So I don't know. That one just hasn't performed as well as I thought it would because it looks amazing. It's like deal it and then like get something like, crazy. Like back. three or four creatures or like just a big thing back. And like there's just the two games I've used it. There's nothing to get back, and I was just surprised. But the ceiling is so crazy. Yeah, like in my Yogmoth deck, it's yeah. completely within reason to get the Elder Brain or Avoid Winnower or yeah. any any crazy thing out of it. So it's like I it that's and that's what I think kind of makes it fun is that some of them are a little more niche. Like the white one making blue fairy dragons is fun. I want to try that because it makes flyers, which yeah. is cool. Uh huh. And the blue one draw, could draw you 20 cards. Yeah, like, that's, that's so much fun. That's yeah, just... It is crazy. Even if it draws one card, like, that's, like, still fine. That's fine. That's but just, like, like, a curiosity effect on a creature. And then not from... Which is just, like, that's still... You still have to pay extra mana for that normally. Yeah, absolutely. And now you're 
just doing more than that the every time, you know, like one out of 20 times you're doing the bare minimum. You know? It's crazy. Yeah. I'm checking the prices on them all real fast. They're all expensive except for the green one. I think the green one's like nine bucks. Yeah. The white one's about the same. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, the the blue one's about 30. The red one's like a billion it's like dollars. Like 60. Yeah, that's that's my that's just like my one issue with it is that that one is just too too overly costed. Uh, yeah, I don't um, think it's a, I don't think it's worth 60 bucks. It's not. That's and that's I think that's part of the problem with that one. I didn't necessarily mean what I said earlier. I think the flavor of a dragon having treasure is fun uh-huh. and stuff. But it's just the the fact that it feels so prohibitive to like own the actual card, mm-hmm. and it well, came out like the summer. It was a problem with that set because of like so many of the packs, like the rares were like took up by legends because like every oh, pack yeah, had a legend in some capacity, that. and so yeah. if like you didn't get enough uncommon legends, like your rare slot would be a legend. So like the mythics and the non legendary mythics in that set are so rare. Yeah, that makes more sense. In comparison then, yeah. to like normal sets. Because like in draft boosters, that makes sense for the Commander Legends format because you need Legends in every set. Yeah. Or in every pack for the draft, um, which is sick. I still haven't done a draft of that yet. I want to. Yeah, we got to do that um, soon. But it seems so fun. But the but it was like that in the set boosters. You got a Legend in every set booster too. And I was like, I don't know if we should do that. Because now the Dragons are a billion dollars. Yeah, and also just setting up the set boosters the same way that you would set up a draft booster seems a little bit weird because it's, it's like, supposed to be the opposite of yeah. that product anyway. Yes, it defeats the purpose. Yeah, but let's hop to our next category. What were we thinking? Do you want to do land or artifact? Land. What's your favorite land, Ryan, from this year? I got to pull it up real fast. Bro, why aren't you ready? Because I wasn't ready, okay? Sorry. But my favorite land this year was Takanuma Abandoned Mire. From uh, Kamigawa. It's add a black mana or channel for three and a black mana. Discard it. Mill three cards, then return a creature or planeswalker from your graveyard to your hand. This ability costs one less to activate for each legendary creature you control. So even at four mana, it's solid to mill three cards and just get something back out of your graveyard. You know what I mean? Like, regardless of what you could need to get back, this gets you back either like a combo piece the fact that it's at instant speed could also save it. If someone plays like a Bajuka Bog to exile your graveyard, you could play this real fast and get the important thing that you need back. And also it's a land. It's just a land. So like if at some point you're like, I don't have enough mana and I was trying to hold this up, just play it as a land. But I think the ability to get your stuff back is just really, really solid. And I think all the channel lands were really awesome. Yep. There's just like a little bit of disparity between like what were the best ones and what were like not good ones. I like Baseju being like a multi-format <laughs> staple just forever. Just an insane card. And then yeah. the red one beats like, oh, you get two one ones with me. Yeah, you get two one. I don't even know if they have haste. I think they're just spirits. No, they do. They do? Okay. But I'm yeah, sure. I think uh, Takanuma is awesome. Yeah, um, I really, good. really enjoy it. If you're at all a graveyard deck or a creature deck, it's like a slam dunk. Yeah, like getting a planeswalker is really helpful. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So, but what about you? What was your favorite land? Uh, I picked Argos Sanctum of Nature. It's the other card for the Mel Titania from Brothers War, but it's just a land. It's has for a green, so it's like a forest. It's not a forest, but um, it's just a generic land. When Argos Sanctum of Nature enters the battlefield, tapped unless you control a legendary green creature. Which, if it's in your green deck, you have a green creature. It's your commander. So, like, it always enters on tap for the most part. 
and it's got two green green tap create a green bear creature token then mill three cards activate only as a sorcery so you got to commit to it but like it's a, like a pretty good free self mill slot which like green like graveyard decks like your golgari reanimator decks abzan sultai reanimator decks like are always looking for more ways to fill your graveyard this doesn't take a card slot it's your forest for your deck you know yeah and um, it also is uh i mean just in green in general you have regrowth type effects you yeah. know what i mean it's easy to just get stuff back so eternal witness timeless witness oh what's what's the balagad recovery yeah balagad yeah the greatest card yeah I love that one. And then most of the time, it just is a forest, you know? And it makes a bear token, so, like, it's not just milling three cards. It's like you have a blocker now or something you can sacrifice. Yeah, absolutely. It just yeah. makes a body and mills you three. I just think it's really, really, really good. And it's only, like, two, uh, like three bucks right now. Nice, yeah. Yeah, if you're in, like, your Abzan reanimator or something or Sultai, it's just great. Nice. We want to move on to uh, Artifacts? think so awesome well i was thinking of a pretty cool sword that came out this year luxor giada's gift which is one generic mana to cast and one generic mana to cast or to equip to a planeswalker and it's three to equip to any other creature equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each counter on it and equipped permanent isn't a planeswalker and is a creature in addition to its other types loyalty abilities can still be activated I think this is just sick for Commander because it just gets your Planeswalker out of the way where a lot of the times, like we were just talking, there's three opportunities to swing and take a Planeswalker out, which sometimes people just do out of fear. I feel like they're like, that's just too much value to stick around, even if it's like not necessarily that much value. They're just assuming that it's going to generate value because it's a Planeswalker. This is kind of a cool way to pull it out of fire. Maybe even get it to where you can ult it, you know what I mean? Or at least actually get some more value out of it than just that single turn. As well as it gets plus one, plus one for all the counters on it. So even if you don't have a Planeswalker and you stick this on a creature with like a Vigilance counter, a Rage counter, and three plus one, plus one counters, it's plus five. So I think it's a lot of fun. It's a fun little sword and it's sitting right around eight bucks. So not awful. Yeah, and it can also, it's a good way your Planeswalker commander can kill someone with commander damage. Oh, shit, yes. Ooh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. I think it's cool. It's a cool little sword. I like the little, like, ball of halo that's swirling around on it. Definitely a cool little sword. Boy, you got. Um, I got Relic of Legends. It's a three-mana tap for a man of any color. Um, but Then it also says tap and untap legend you control to... Add a man of any color. So fucking hard. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's so much value. I have the the Mardu Legend Precon. Um, I bought the Precon. Ryan just made the the Planeswalker deck. Yeah, I cracked the Planeswalker Diada in a set booster. So we have like kind of kind of similar decks. Yeah, yeah. But I run with Shanid. She's awesome. Yeah, it's just draws you so many cards. Um, but it's crazy because i like it made like 20 mana or something so it was just like there's some legends you, that are just a passive you know they don't like you're not swinging with them they're just there to do something so you just tap them for mana and then it's nuts but then it's you don't even have to be in legendary tribal i don't think like some commanders just sit there you're not really attacking with them like i feel like it'd be good in Varen because Varen doesn't attack until like one turn 
where she can maybe kill someone. She gets big enough, she can kill someone. But that's not every, that's not every turn of the game. That's like one turn of the game when you or when you're storming off and winning. So for the rest, you can just she's a mana dork now. Yeah, which is cool. And a lot of decks, I feel like just I mean, legendaries just have enough static abilities stapled onto them that you're gonna be running a chunk of them anyway, just because that's what your deck's gonna want to do in any capacity. So this is just, yeah, like a little extra mana here and there. And the other thing is like, we're playing three mana rocks already. This is just like a little extra mana here and there if you have something that's not doing anything, so. Yeah, like it's three mana tap for more than one mana. Yeah, it's really awesome. And then, yeah, especially the deeper you go, if you get into a Legends theme. It's like a staple. It's a ton of. You have to run it. It's so good. I almost said it's a ton of money, but it's a ton of mana. Yes. Yeah. And it's not a ton of money. I think it's like two or three bucks. Yeah. For an uncommon, it's a lot, but it's that good. It's worth that much money. Yeah, it'd be running. And then I think that brings us to our last category, doesn't it? Um. Yeah. What is your favorite commander of the year? My favorite commander of the year is probably Jetmere Nexus of Revels. I love my big cat, Daddy. He's one in Naya, so red, green, and white. A legendary cat demon. Creatures you control get plus one, plus oh, and have vigilance as long as you control three or more creatures. Creatures you control get plus one, plus oh, and have trample as long as you control six or more creatures. And creatures you control get plus one, plus oh, and have double strike as long as you control nine or more creatures. And he's a five, four. Just something fun about playing a big gold cat. And even if he comes out on turn four and you're just like slowly building your board, it's fun to like add that extra stuff on top of it um, and see, see your board grow like that. Or, um, He's just a really fun overrun. You just toss him out when your board is big and absolutely obliterate face because everything gets double strike. Like the double strike is so much fun and it gets trample. What? And vigilance. What? It is so much fun and it's static on a body. So it's not like you have to cast it once and it's gone. What? No, it's always. Yeah. And he's also just a big cat dude. He's like a big cat gangster. Like that is so hard. I love it. Yeah. I think it's like you play it and then everything, because of the amount of creatures, like if you if it's fully online, it's like 49 damage or something. Because it's like one, everything gets plus one, plus oh, times seven? Times nine. Times nine? Yeah. Because you have to have nine to have it all fully online. And then double strike. Yeah. And that's just like, and it's all trample damage, so it's all just raw damage going through. And that's just what Jedmere's doing, plus all the actual damage all your creatures are going to do. Yeah, it gets ludicrous. Yeah, it's like just oh, Naya Crater Hoof. Ridiculous. It's so much fun. And I like playing it because I have him. He's like, he's not necessarily the commander, but he's like the finisher in my Jenny Fay deck. Yeah. So it's fun to make like a bunch of cats and then play the big demon cat. And then you're like, I win. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But what about you, Tyler? Who's I got like the exact same cycle. But it's just a different one. So you went with the Cabaretti demon leader. What uh-huh. are they called? The like the heads of the family or something? Yeah. I went with the the brokers. Oh, he's part of the brokers. Yeah. So the bant. He's a bant bird demon. Falco Birdman, attorney in law. He's Falco, Falco Spara, Pact Weaver, one green, white, blue, flying trample. It enters the battlefield with the shield counter on it. Um, shield counters are prevent damage or being destroyed, and then it goes away. Um, then you remove the it's shield like counter. It's like a single-use indestructible counter. Yeah, it's cool. 
And yeah. then you may look at the top card of your library at any time, and you may cast spells from the top of your library by removing a counter from a creature you control in addition to paying their other costs. So it's just kind of a payoff for your counters decks. And like Bant counters is something I've I've really wanted to do because Simic has a lot of counters and Selesnya has a lot of counter stuff, and now you can do all of it together. And then it's like playing with the top card of your library, so you can do a bunch of stuff, and then it goes infinite, of course, with Devoted Druid and oh, yeah. Sensei's Divining Top because mm-hmm. you can put the counter on Devoted Druid, tap for mana, play the Sensei's Divining Top, draw the top card of your library, and then cast it by removing the counter from the minus one counter on Packweaver that you use, or on Devoted Druid. So just keep casting, and you could draw your whole deck that way. I don't have that. Oh, I, I have that combo. I don't have a payoff for it because it's a little too strong for what I want that deck to be doing. But I do have the combo in there just because. To at least draw, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, then, I you could draw. Just, then I could just draw until I just find what I need. You know, I don't have to just win the game with it. Yeah, absolutely. And we've kind of started doing that thing too, where we like hit a point where we have a combo that sets us up to win, but then we're kind of like, haha, now beat me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So it's kind of fun. But yeah. I, I really like him. I got the Gilded Foil Falco, and he looks so cool. Oh, yeah. The Gilded Foils are sick. Yeah. And I like him a lot. I think he's super fun. Yeah. he's a, he's a, He is a lot of fun. I think all of the heads of the family were fun designs. Yeah. They're all like crazy, just like value engines in yeah. the command zone, which is what you want. Absolutely. And it's not, he's definitely not busted. He's like, just fine. Yeah, they all feel fair. Like, I mean, you have to have nine creatures to turn Jetmir on. Yeah. So. Which isn't super hard, but, I mean, you still got to commit to it, and then it just kind of folds to a board wipe, you know? And yeah, that's Falco, a, yeah. like, I got to play a bunch of stuff with counters <laughs> to get the value out of it and keep getting counters. But it is very fun, and it's definitely the favorite my favorite deck I made this year. Nice. Hell yeah. Um, overall, it was a pretty good year for Magic. There was some kind of weird business stuff that happened with the Magic 30 stuff, but we don't need to talk about it. We all know it happened. We all know it sucked, but... Yeah. There's a lot of really cool shit that happened this year, too. There's some really amazing sets, some really awesome cards, played a lot of fun games, got really into Pioneer. Pioneer's fun. Yeah. Great format. Pioneer's a ton of fun. And that format's just getting bigger and bigger, and Commander's just getting bigger and bigger. So, I don't know. I think it was a good time. Yeah, I think it was a good year. I think it's important to focus on kind of looking back on a lot of the fun stuff we had. We had a lot of really fun standard sets that were, uh, like, amazing. You know what I mean? I think we got a lot of really fun, like, what? Insular sets that were fun to draft, but are also workable outside of the draft format without being busted. You know what I mean? I think there was just some really solid design choices this year, and... uh, I think it was a lot of fun. So, and we didn't have any like big oopsies, like no new dock sides, no new yeah free spells, nothing. Just a bunch of cool cards. You don't have to run if you don't, if your deck doesn't call for it, which is that's what I want. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we even just had the new jumpstart that just came out too. So we have we're gonna have to dive into some of those commander cards and see what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing uh, too crazy in there. It's just like some cool stuff. Yeah, I think they'd be fun to build, though. Not yeah. necessarily, like, overpowered, but, I mean, like, they just made a lot of, like, random 
ways to build. Yes. Yeah. So I think it'll be fun. I think going into this new year, we've got some fun sets. We'll have to see what happens with the whole storyline. Yeah. We got uh, Phyrexia All is One coming up in January. All is one. All is one. That'll be cool. All is one. Then we got uh, March of the Machine, whatever that is going to be. That Avengers ass set. Yeah. And then there's the, the whole separate thing that's standard legal, but it's not like a draft set for March of Machine. The aftermath. Um, yeah, the aftermath, that, yeah. whatever that means. Um, and then there's uh, five commander decks coming out for that. So that's like the main commander set, I guess. Oh, nice. That'll be fun. Yeah, we'll have to look forward to those cards. And then Lord of the Rings is coming out. It's going to be fun. It's going to be excited. fun. I don't want to hear no belly aching. Yeah, I don't care. Uh-uh, shut up. <laughs> Gollum is going to be like a busted one drop. It's going to be like a... A two one. The rain is gonna be a busted one drop. Yeah, and uh it's gonna ruin Martin modern again, but it's gonna be fine because I have Pippin and Mary on a card. So you guys can get over it. Yeah, I'm excited for it. It's gonna be fun. Yep. And then back to Eldraine and Exelon, yep. which is weird. Which is I'm excited for that. That's gonna be fun. That'll yeah. be that'll put us about here next year. So yeah. We'll see what happens. So hopefully magic doesn't crash and burn financially and we can just Make it through and see all that cool stuff. Yeah, fingers crossed that the American capitalist system allows us to make it through another year. Well, awesome. I think that brings this year to a close for us. Yeah. So if you want to give us a follow on our socials, it's what? At Commander Paradise? At Command Paradise on Twitter. Um, and you can also find me at, at Hoss the Boss, where uh, the O and Boss is a zero. Yeah. And you can find me at I am Ryan Brun on everything. And uh, I don't have permissions for the Twitter, but Tyler will let me know if we get any messages or DMs. So no, I'll just get you permissions for the Twitter. No, it's okay. I like it better if you just tell me everything that's happening. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, I like having that degree of separation in my life. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, bye. Bye.